You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello. Welcome back. Today we have a hot topic that we get yes. lots of questions about and we want to just bring you some real truth. So we're going to be yep. as unbiased in this as we possibly can. But I'll be honest, I, I'll be <laughs> unbiased, biased, but I'm I have biased. pretty strong. Opi- I wouldn't yes. say I'm biased. I have strong opinions about this. Yeah. I, I have too. not met. This is probably the one in the past six years that I've been nutritional coaching and working with nutrition, this is the single most thing that I've had more people come to me than any other diet that they followed in the past. Yeah. And frustrated because they've gained all the way yep. back and it's not gone well. They feel yep. like garbage. So, all right. So we're going to kick this off with some stats and you guys, this is really, really sad. So I just pulled up the obesity updates for 2020 and it says currently 72% of men and 63% of women are overweight or obese. And by the end of this year in 2020, it's estimated that this is going to raise by 11%. So 83% oh of men and 72% of women will be overweight or obese. You guys, this is freaking sad. That's almost all of our population. It's two thirds of our population, if not three quarters. And I'll be honest, this is probably measured by BMI. Probably. Meaning like I'm considered obese because of muscle mass, but I'm probably not a common person that's taking this statistic into account. Right. This is like, you guys, and the saddest part about this is it is all under our control your choices are your choices they are no one else's no one is force feeding you food no one is telling you you have to eat something and if they are tell them to shove it down their throats because it is your choice whether you eat it or not like this is it infuriates me I'm not like yes it's sad but it's scary and it's frustrating and I understand people that today's food is basically chemically created to be addicting I yeah. get that. Yeah. But you can still make your own decisions. We can still control We can it. make change. Yeah. And the, the saddest part is all of the bullshit that's being talked about in the diet culture, mm-hmm. right? How does anybody know what the real truth is when they're bombarded totally. by, you know, eight different things just standing in line at the checkout line and you have literally all of these magazines saying something different. Intermittent fasting, low carb, keto, cleanse. Weight watchers, whatever. Atkins, Octavia, this celebrity lost 50 pounds in three weeks, keto pills, AKA laxatives. Like it's really sad. And so, I mean, that's why we started this podcast, right? Like we are nutritional coaches and we are educators and we feel very strongly about living a healthy lifestyle. One that works for you long-term so that you can be your healthiest version of you, whether or not you have a six pack health is more important. Like, I don't care if I ever have a six pack because some people get six packs and you've talked about this before and your health was not in a good place. I was the most unhealthy I've ever been when I was the leanest I ever was. Yep. So unhealthy. So it's so, so sad. And so today we're really fired up and we want to talk about tip or trick um, things that we want to push you as our listeners to commit to this year in 2020. And if you're on track for being part of this 63% of women or 72% of men currently. Um, 
start to reverse that. And so yeah. our number one thing here for you is going to be to set a push goal for movement. This is not about the scale. No. This is not about what your body fat percentage is. This is about you pushing yourself to move more and do something that's out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So right now you have control of parking your car close to the door or at the end of the parking lot Yep, and getting in 50, hundred extra steps each way. Yep. You have control of taking the elevator or taking the stairs. And if you're deconditioned, sure, it's going to, you know, you're going to get out of breath yeah. and it's going to be hard the first couple of times that you do it, but you'll get better. And yes. every day it'll get easier. Yep. You know, this year I signed up for the triathlon. You yeah. did that last year. It's a mini yep. try. Let me quote mini try. But <laughs> it was out of my comfort zone because yeah. I don't, I'm not great at swimming. Well, I'm not horrible at it, but like it makes me uncomfortable to swim with a lot of other people. Oh, me too. Um, but, yeah. And I don't love biking. Yeah. I love running, but I don't love biking and I'm not a great swimmer. Like I didn't practice it a lot up leading up to that. And so yeah. it forced me to get in the pool. It forced me to get on a bike and do something yep. that's totally out of my comfort zone. Like my comfort zone is CrossFit. Yep. My comfort zone is not triathlons. Yeah. My comfort zone would be strength training. And I do actually like biking. Um, however, since I was pregnant last summer, didn't do any. And the minimum that I do is literally in the basement on yeah. the concept two bike. So I like swimming. Yeah. I hate running. Like I absolutely do not understand how people enjoy it. I mean, I think as I get better at it, right? Like most people don't totally. like things because they're yeah. not great at it. So maybe as I get better at it, I'll enjoy it. Um, guys, and we are not saying you need to go sign up for a triathlon. No, we are no simply saying like if right now walking is challenging for you, mm-hmm. make it your goal by June 1st to sign up for a 5k and walk it. Don't even worry about running it. Like set a goal that is a push goal for you, not for the general population, for you. You. And honestly, I would recommend signing up for a race because then you commit to it. Not just putting a date on the calendar and saying, I'm going to do this by then. Like paying money, signing up for a race, 5K, mini triathlon, you know, even a 3K or something like that. But like make it something that you commit to financially and there is a date Mm -hmm. and tell people about it. Yes. Yeah. Have accountability. Get your friends involved. Totally. You know, I mean, this is a great way to build community and do things with your friends. So um, there's several people actually at our gym that are going to be signing up to do the Naperville try. Yeah. And I'm excited because we'll train together in the summer. We're going to meet on Sunday mornings. We'll ride our bikes. We'll have breakfast. We'll ride back. So it's going to be fun. Right. Um, But it's important for you to do things that are out of your comfort zone because you're never going to get better. It's kind of like when we were talking last week with Jason, who is our mentor, right? Like we gave him some 90 day outcomes and he came back and he's like, well, why is this 90 day outcome? Like you can do more than this. You know, Mm -hmm. he's like, I know you, you're smart, you're educated. Like the two of you, power through this. You'll get it done within the next 60 days. And we're like, okay, like it's a push goal for yep. us, but we're going to get it done. Um, and that's how we grow. That's how yes. we become better. That's how we serve our community better. And so we're challenging you to do the same thing with movement and we want to know. So whatever it is, um, take a screenshot, send us a message on Instagram. Coach. Yep. Tag us. You can tag our personal Instagrams. You can send us an email. All of that's linked in the show notes. Like whatever you want to do, like tell us, we want to support you. We want to be your cheerleaders. Maybe we'll even sign up for it with you. Yeah. If Who you're knows? local, if yeah. you're local in the area, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Like, and you guys, this is about accountability by telling people about it. And this is about taking focus away from the scale mm-hmm. and putting it on something that you can work towards. Because I promise you, accomplishing your first 5k is way more gratifying than losing five pounds on the scale. Oh, 
Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Way more. 100%. And here's the thing. If you don't run the entire thing, that's fine. You can run, walk it. You can walk it. Totally. That's totally fine. It's an accomplishment, guys. Seriously, take this to heart. Plan something out. Google running events or triathlons around your area. Sign up for one. Yep. Let us know. And we'll be there to cheer you on if we can be, or we'll sign up if you're in our area. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive into the topic today. Um, We've gotten a lot of questions and we actually have some clients that have come to us um, that we've reversed out of keto. And this topic is coming up more commonly. It was one of the questions that we got last week from somebody who wrote in and said, how do I start to reverse out of keto? Because this isn't sustainable for me. And it's just such a hot topic. I'm gonna let you kick this off because I know you're super passionate about. Yeah, guys. So number one, I think a lot of people that think that they're doing keto aren't doing keto, um, which is okay. Um, But I I think that there's different types of keto that we need to go over. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between ketogenic and low carb. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Low carb is considered about 20 to 30% of your calories coming from carbohydrates still. About 40% protein, 30 to 40% fat. Keto, standard keto, because we're going to talk about the different types of ketogenic diets. Standard keto is 5% of your carbohydrates. I'm sorry, 5% of your calories coming from carbohydrates. 25% from protein and 70% from fat. The reason that protein needs to be low on keto is because protein can turn into glucose in the body through a process called gluconeogenesis, okay? This is when your body takes the amino acids, it can break it down, it can actually turn it into glucose in the body to be utilized for energy if it needs it. And I think this is probably the biggest reason that a lot of people not are not end up being in keto because they don't eat that low of protein. Right. Um, but I, I'm not I'm totally unsure. But anyways, that's essentially the difference between low carb and keto. Mm-hmm. I fully support low carb as an option for people, especially if they have Type blood two, glucose yeah. regulation needing to happen. PCOS. They have insulin resistance. They have you know a lot of reasons that they might do better on a more moderate carbohydrate intake, temporarily maybe or long term. Mm-hmm. But ketogenic can be straight up dangerous guys mm-hmm. yeah you, this is a a diet that you need to be doing with a medical professional it was never intended for weight loss no when it when this diet was created it was never intended for weight loss so before we kind of get into that i want to talk about and liz will chime in with this mm-hmm. as well the different types of keto yeah so we talked about your standard keto is what a lot of people think of extremely low carb moderate protein and high fat a lot of articles out there also utilize actual grams and calories. So they say you shouldn't have more than 30 grams of carbs. You shouldn't have more than 70 or 80 grams of protein. Here's the problem with that. That is for everyone that they are saying Mm -hmm. that. Everyone has different needs. You should not be eating the same amount of calories as the person next to you. And so that's why you need to look a little bit more at percentages versus absolute values of intake. But a standard ketogenic diet is what most people are referring to. And that is 5% of carbs or less. That is literally, guys, for most of us, less than an apple a day worth of carbs. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's it's tough. Really, really hard. And and the bad thing is that we see a lot of people turning to a lot of processed things that yep. are, quote unquote, low carb. Keto cereal. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyways. All right. So the next one here is targeted keto. So targeted keto is pretty popular for those who are strength training or athletes, um, as this is a little bit higher in carbohydrates. So you're at like 65 to 70% fats, 20% protein, and then 10 to 15% carbs. And the goal here would be that your carbohydrates come around your workout time to fuel your performance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I really believe though, if you are somebody who is intense training, if you're doing CrossFit or if you are an athlete that is, you know, training for something particular, probably not the best approach. Yeah. So guys with high intensity exercise, so like HIIT training, you know, cycling, riding the bike, running um, at higher speeds, weight training, like Liz was talking about, your muscles like to run on carbs. There's been research that shows that any activity under 15 minutes of work, so like most CrossFit workouts, run purely on glucose supply, sugar and carbs. That's what your body runs on in less than like high intensity exercise. So to remove those are going to leave you feeling pretty shitty during your workout. Yep. And yes, your body can learn to run off of fats, but it is not as efficient. You are not going to feel as good. This is shown. So ketogenic diets or very low carb diets, the only athletes that have really shown to benefit from this are long endurance athletes and they are anomalies. Mm-hmm. Not me, like not the entire endurance population, like select few endurance major endurance athletes mm-hmm. have shown to run better on high fat diets. Not the majority of them, very yeah. few. So like, exi- you know, anomalies, I like to say. So just, it's not good for high intensity exercise, but if you are following it, they obviously have an approach that serves exercise a little bit yeah. more, <laughs> a little bit higher. Okay. So there's another one called cyclical keto. And so this is basically where you're having higher carb days and keto days. So on a keto day, you would be at like 75% fat, 15 to 20% protein and the traditional five to 10% carbohydrates. Then on days that you're not following this, you would go to 50% carbohydrates, 25% fat and 25% protein. And some people have chosen to do this for like holidays or birthdays or travel. Um, you know, here, if you're going to do that, you would still want to make sure that your carbohydrates that you are consuming come from fruits, vegetables, you know, um, dairy products, whole grains, not a lot of processed fat. No high sugar stuff. Um, you really want to make sure that you're still eating high quality, clean, unprocessed foods on those days. And this is where most people go wrong, right? This is what we see 90% of the time when people come to us and they've been doing keto or they did keto and it wasn't successful. Like one of my favorite quotes from somebody is like, we didn't just fall off. Like we jumped off the cliff, you know, like we were keto hard and then November hit and we literally jumped off the cliff and they gained a lot of weight back. And, and more, very, more. very quickly. And here's the problem, guys, is when you remove a food group from your body, your body stops producing enzymes that help break down that food. Mm-hmm. So your body has different enzymes that help us break down food and utilize the nutrients from it. If you completely remove carbohydrates, your body's not going to produce those enzymes anymore. And so when you start eating carbohydrates again, it's kind of tough for your body to readjust. It has to learn and relearn how to do that again. And so it usually takes some time. And sometimes your body doesn't do this best job anymore as it used to, because it essentially saw it as not essential anymore. And this is the same thing when I have people do the anti-inflammatory, I still recommend that unless it's an allergy, if they feel good without a certain food group, like I personally feel good with no gluten, Mm -hmm. but I will still have it from time to time because I don't want to completely lose all of the enzymes to digest those foods. Because at some point in time, I am going to be in a situation where I want a slice of pizza. Yes. That's just the lifestyle that I live, you know? And so I think the same thing goes with carbohydrates. Like you need to be very careful. Is this going to be long-term for you? And again, as we mentioned in the beginning of this, if you're doing 
keto or you're going to do a ketogenic diet, you need to be doing it with a medical professional and it should be something that they are monitoring. Absolutely. Um, So, and we'll talk about why here in a second. So let's go to this last one. Um, The last type of ketogenic diet is a high protein diet. So this would be 60, 65% fat, 30% protein and five to 10% carbohydrates. Um, Many find this is more of like a modified keto, which is easier to follow because it allows them to have some more protein and less fat than the standard ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would just add here that if you are going to follow keto, you need to make sure that you are testing your pee or your blood Mm -hmm. and really getting into the state of ketosis. Yeah. That's how you do it properly. And most people kind of miss this, that they think, oh, I just cut out all these carbohydrates. I'm just eating a bunch of eggs and bacon. Yeah. But then what they don't see is that they're going over in protein. Totally. And not really getting into the state of ketosis, which is the whole purpose and point as keto was designed for patients with epilepsy. Totally. Um, So back in like 1920s when keto was created and it was by medical professionals for epilepsy. And it has since been adapted for the general population to shown to be an effective way for late loss. But the problem is, is that it's not sustainable guys is unless you plan to swear off carbohydrates for the rest of your life, which let's be honest is probably none of us at some point you're going to go back at some point. You're not going to be able to keep up that willpower anymore because you miss them and you enjoy them and you should be able to eat them guys. People in the past have lost weight without being on a ketogenic diet. Yes. It is not necessary. You do not have to do this. The reason we do this is because we're overwhelmed and we just want to lose the weight fast. Or because Sally at work did it and she lost all the weight. Well, guess what Sally didn't tell you? (laughs) How many times that she's fallen off, right? Mm -hmm. And what the scale is doing at home. So I'll share at the end of this a case study of somebody that I've reversed out of keto. But literally when he was doing the ketogenic diet and would go out with dinner to dinner with his family and friends, he would see the scale spike five to seven pounds. Yeah. That is not normal. No, no, because your body's starving for water. So here's the thing. If you choose to do this, we want to make sure that you are being safe and we want to make sure that you are doing it properly. So who might benefit from keto? People that have a lot of weight to lose. Mm -hmm. You are over 50 plus pounds overweight. You have issues with insulin resistance. You have blood glucose regulation issues. You may benefit from this because it can help with one High fat foods tend to make us a little bit fuller. Mm -hmm. So when you're following a keto diet, you tend to probably be a little bit more satiated throughout the day because you're eating higher fat, more dense foods. So it's easier to eat a little bit at a lower calorie intake and not feel like you are because high fat foods tend to keep us fuller for longer. Um, Removing carbohydrates tends to remove processed foods. You can also remove processed foods without removing carbohydrates. But if you're doing this, it's kind of a natural thing that happens. And so it can be helpful to get insulin function back to a normal functioning place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would say that if you are doing this, those types of people would benefit from it the most, but I would much highly, uh, I would highly recommend instead of doing straight keto, going to a more low carb place first. Yeah. Just because you can get the same benefits. You don't have to be as extreme and you can still take in vegetables and fruits, which provide a ton of vitamins and nutrients and fiber. Yeah. And I, I think at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, am I doing it because I'm trying to inflict a number on the scale or quick fix, fast weight loss? Because if that's the reason, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to gain the weight 
back just as fast, if not faster than you lost it. And so we always kind of use this filter here of, am I doing this for the right reasons? And is this something that I can sustain and adapt to my lifestyle? So I really like um, the article that we pulled up from Alan Aragon. He's a nutrition researcher and he talks about the main benefits of keto being exactly what Becca just said, appetite regulation and how when they did some studies with non-calorically restricted conditions, ketogenic dieting has consistently resulted in body fat or body weight reduction, but that's because of the energy intake reduction. So really it boils back to the basic of foundation or basic science that we know calorie restriction. Totally. Right. And so otherwise he cites that it's typically only works well in the long run for people who are given food like in hospitals or during strict research studies that supply food and those who are highly motivated, high level athletes and like bodybuilders. So I think it's one of those things where you have to know why you're doing it. And if it's for a specific amount of time, how to do it properly, how to reverse out of it properly. And if you are not going to do it this way, then we would recommend starting just removing some carbohydrates and going the low carbs. If you remove processed foods alone, guys, I bet you start losing weight or you start feeling better because you're going to be reducing calories a ton. Mm -hmm. So here's the hard thing is risks of keto. Mm. So if you do not have a gallbladder, which many people don't, they've had it removed at some point or another for whatever reasons. A lot of people. It's more common. Your gallbladder is responsible for producing bile salts to break down fats. If you remove that from your body, you are not producing as many bile salts to break down fat. So you should not be following a high fat diet. And so if that is something that you know that you experience, you know, you've had a gallbladder removed, not for you. It can also put a lot of stress on the gallbladder and produce gallstones Mm -hmm. because your body's being now asked to produce or to basically break down way more fat than it's used to. It can cause vitamin deficiencies because you're getting rid of carbs, which basically slashes most fruits and veggies and have that. Those have a ton of vitamins that we need. It cause it can cause GI distress for a lot of people, a lot of high fat foods. Um, it can cause increased cholesterol and heart disease. I know a lot of people get prescribed ketogenic by doctors that I've spoken to and the doctors don't tell them anything other than just follow a ketogenic diet. Okay. And unfortunately, People don't know that they need to balance their fat intake. We have three different main types of fats. You have polyunsaturated, monounsaturated, and saturated. Then you have trans fats, which are kind of more chemically created. Mm -hmm. But in naturally occurring foods, saturated, unsaturated, and polyunsaturated. The problem is is that people see keto. They start eating a ton of cheese, butter, fried foods, red meats. And then you're basically getting most of your fats from saturated fats Mm -hmm. and trans fats. And so your cholesterol levels can rise. Mm -hmm. And so there's a ton of risk factors out there. It's got dehydration's another one. Because when you remove carbs, your body doesn't retain water anymore. So carbs for every gram of carb that you eat, your body retains about three grams of water. Yep. You need water, obviously, to survive, to absorb nutrients and vitamins. And now you aren't getting that. Some people can become extremely dehydrated if they aren't taking Mm -hmm. in electrolytes. I know people that have been hospitalized for dehydration because they started doing keto and about five, six days in, they started feeling really, really crappy and they thought maybe it's just the keto flu. One guy even passed out at work, you know? And so you really need to understand if you're going to do this, how do you stay hydrated? There are a lot of products out there on the market, right? Like we've seen keto salts, we've seen all these different supplementation powders that you can add into things, but it is really important to get the electrolytes that you need to stay hydrated. And sometimes you might have to increase your water intake, which most people aren't even good with in general. Totally. Right. Especially what we're seeing now with the reboot is like people are drinking between 
eight ounces and like 60 ounces a day, nowhere close to the half of the body mm-hmm. weight. You know, and so if you're going to go on a ketogenic diet, you need to be prepared and you need to have things in your back pocket and your tools, your tools in your toolbox to do it properly. So taking in quality foods, guys, get your carbs, those, you know, 5% or less of carbs that you get a day, get those from vegetables, get those from, you know, low sugar fruits like melon or berries, making sure you're taking in a a variety of fats, avocados, healthy oils like olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, nuts and seeds. Make sure, you know, you're avoiding fried foods, mm-hmm. cakes and cookies, fast Sugar. food, getting, you know, coconut oil, red meat, dairy creamers, walnut seeds, all those types of things. You want to have a variety of them so that mm-hmm. your body's getting the variety of fats that it needs because obviously that's your main source of food right now. Yeah. And I would recommend going to um, the Bulletproof book. He has mm-hmm. a map that you can print out and kind of gives you like red, yellow, or green color coded. What are the best foods to be following if you're yeah. going to do a ketogenic diet? So that's, um, Dave, I'm trying to think of his last name, but he wrote the bulletproof diet. Yeah. Um, so you could just literally Google that and you will find that I did try keto for a while. Personally, I didn't feel great. My workouts were not strong. I wasn't recovering well and it was really hard yeah. to get the amount of food that I needed Without going over in carbohydrates or in protein. Totally. Like for me, I gravitate towards protein. Yeah. So I do believe that it's, you know, I try and test things. I've done intermittent fasting, you know, didn't work great for me either. <laughs> I found myself really, really tired and yeah. like more distracted because I was hungry, but I couldn't eat until noon. And so yeah. it really threw off like my clarity and my mental yeah. state. So yeah. we I think, always experiment. Yeah. The guys, and honestly, we would recommend going low carb before you go keto. Yeah. Don't dive off the deep end right away. See how your body responds. Please. If you're going to do keto, talk with your physician, talk with your doctor, work with a registered dietitian. If you're going to go down the ketogenic route. So let's talk about reversing out of this. We have a lot of people that come to us and they've tried keto and are ready to reverse out of it because they're finding that they cannot go out to dinner very easily. Enjoy time with family and friends. It is no life to live. You want to be able to, travel and enjoy your life without being stressed about food. So um, I'll talk just like really quickly about two case studies that I've had. I've had a lady named Shelly and she came to us. She was severely under eating, um, but she wasn't feeling awesome. And she just started a workout program that was pretty intense. So I just had her add one serving of carbohydrates each day. And then we also increased her protein as her fats went down to kind of slowly bring her out of this calories still yes yeah regulate uh, her calories but also not give her body a crazy shock so that worked really well we were able to get her out within a couple weeks but um, she wasn't doing keto for very long now another guy that I've had his name was George he was doing a very very low carbohydrate diet for a little over a year. And what he told me is every time that they would go out to eat or he would, you know, have an off meal, he would see the scale spike five to seven pounds. That's pretty scary, right? Like that is a lot of weight. It also sucks. Like you probably feel horrible. You totally do. And you feel so restricted and confined. And ultimately he was afraid of food. And I was telling him, you know, you're eating like 1100 calories because it's hard to eat so many calories Absolutely. in protein and, you know, minimal carbohydrates, unless you're doing handfuls of almonds and mounds of olive oil and avocados yep. and stuff like that. And so, um, for him, he was adapted. 
He was plateaued. He was stalled out. He wasn't losing weight anymore. And then not to mention he was frustrated by if he did have anything off plan, he'd spike up. So we've been working and it's taken us about two and a half months to reverse him out of this and get him to a place. Now he's at 1800 calories. Weight is stable. He's been having pizza. He even had a couple of beers over the holiday and he was shocked that the scale living life held steady yep and and honestly i encouraged it because i'm yeah, like you absolutely have restricted yourself so hard for so long we're going to bring you back to maintenance and part of me wants to not only you know give him the education but show him that proof is in the pudding right yeah. it's easy to read about things but until you really experience it and so he actually thanked me for that because he's like i was really skeptical in the beginning like i mm-hmm. called this girl to help me lose weight and she tells me yeah i need you to get you know up 900 calories before we can cut but there was no place to go i'm totally you know and so if you're somebody who's been doing keto a really low carb i would recommend reversing out of this slowly don't yeah. just shock your body and your system no, because no. you will store fat yeah and you'll probably feel pretty awful yeah so start adding one serving in it's gonna be fruit it can be sweet potato it could be oatmeal serving a day for a couple of days and then you can add another serving and hopefully if keto has worked for you, we are all about finding what works for you. Like, yeah. like we if said, we good. have a little bit of a bias just because of the dangers and the personal experiences that we've seen happen to clients of ending up in the hospital and gaining all of the weight back and being frustrated. And so we apologize if we came off a little harsh. We have some biases around this diet, particularly because we don't like when people do something that's unsustainable and then feel like a failure when they can't keep the weight off. So I hope that if you've done this, it worked for you. And if you want to get back into, you know, including other foods and keep the results that you may have gotten from it, do it slowly. Like Liz said, Mm -hmm. make sure that you are, you know, entering slowly carbohydrates back into your daily life picking high quality ones not just taking some pieces of bread and starting to eat them eating more vegetables some starchy tubers some sweet potatoes some parsnips carrots whatever it might be some healthy fruit you know lower glycemic index in terms of sugar berries blueberries raspberries all that good stuff and take it slow drink lots of water and monitor how you feel Mm -hmm. and like we said probably consult your doctor to go through all this process. Yeah, 100%. All right, so in the beginning, we gave you the challenge of setting a push goal for movement. So we want to know and hear about that. Let us know by tagging us at lsn.coach. And as always, thanks for being with us today and letting us be your nutrition educators. If you love us, leave us a five-star rating and review, and you can always shoot us a message or email, drop into our DMs, if you will, and we would be happy to cover any topics that you would like and answer any of your nutritional questions. So have a great day and we'll be back soon. 